Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. What's up, World Overcomers? It's Pastor Tony. Y'all are with me for the last week. This is week number five in the Can I Speak to the Manager series, and I want you to come in. I want you to do something real quick for me. I want you to hit like. I want you to share. I want you to tag somebody and let them know that we are concluding. We are landing this plane on the Can I Speak to the Manager series. I hope it has been a blessing to you over the last five weeks, and I hope it is it is it provoked you to think about how you manage when life happens to you, y'all. We've, let's just go through what, what, what we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. We've talked about uh, just the introduction of can I speak to the manager and, and saying that you are the steward. You are the manager of what happens in your life. We are simply the manager. God owns everything, but he has entrusted the things that he has blessed us with to our care. And the buck stops with us. And so we have to be good and prudent managers. Week number two, we talked about my mind in the middle. Well, Paul told uh, the church that to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so we have to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the word of God. And so it requires that we be intimately aware of what God's word says so we can cast down something that is contrary to it. And so we talked about doing mind management. And if we properly manage our minds, we can keep our faith in a position where it will always produce for our lives. Week number three, we talked about emotions. We talked about it's a trap and how life can set traps for us emotionally to get us off of our goal and our aim. And that the enemy will cause things to come to our lives and cause people to get us upset and to get us depressed and get us feeling uh, like we have low self-esteem in ourselves so that we won't go forward in what God has called us to do. And so we talked about avoiding the traps that life has for us so that we can keep our faith at its optimum. And last week, we talked about when it's dry season. I hope you all were blessed by that. We talked about when negative things and negative stretches and seasons happen in our lives, that it's not, it hasn't come to kill us, but it came to provide us opportunity to exercise our faith. It came, gave opportunity for God to show himself powerful on our behalf. And if we have the right perspective, we will look at dry seasons as a preparatory phase for God, for God elevating us to the next level in our lives. Okay, God, so we're going to land the plane on this, and we're going to talk about moments today, okay? But before we do that, y'all know what we got to do, what we've done every week. We've got to do the manager's creed. Y'all ready? Let's say it. I am the manager of my life. This life was entrusted to me by God to give him glory and to bless all that I come in contact with. I cannot control what happens to me. Come on, y'all. But I can control how I respond and manage what happens in my life. That's the manager's creed. God has called us to be a manager no matter what station we find ourselves in life. We are never out of control. We can't control what happens to us, but we have complete control over how we respond to it. 
Are we going to cuss him out? Are we going to bless him? Are we going to pray about it? Are we going to give him a piece of our mind? Are we going to put our religion on the shelf? Or are we going to respond like the Spirit of God is leading us to respond? So today, I want you to go with me in the book of Luke. Jesus is giving a parable to some people that he's teaching in Luke, the 12th chapter and the 35th verse. It says, be dressed and ready for service. I can stop preaching right there, and I've already preached. Be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Like servants waiting for their master return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him because they're ready. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve and will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. He finds them ready. God wants us to be prepared for moments. I want you to type moments, okay? So my, my message tonight for the next couple of moments uh, for the next couple of moments is when my moment comes. When my moment comes, I want you to type that. When my moment comes, I need to be ready when my moment comes. I don't know about you, but I'm at the stage of being a middle-aged man where I've, I have a, a lot of experiences from my 20s and my 30s and even the beginning of my 40s to where I can now look back with 2020 vision and see where I've taken advantage of some moments. And I can also see where I have let some moments slip. If that's you, type amen in the chat. If you've missed some moments, like, man, and it, it, it's, it's, it's this proverbial saying, if I knew then what I knew now, if I knew then what I am aware of now, man, I would have did something different. I would have made another decision. I would have gone to that school. I would not have gotten a relationship with that person. If I knew then what I know now, I would have invested in Google. <laughs> Somebody say amen to that. I would, have, I would have put more money in Tesla if I knew then <laughs> what I know now. I would have made some different decisions. In other words, I'm kind of regretting that I missed some moments. I can see now with 2020 vision that God was trying to position me with this job. He made it uncomfortable here because he wanted to get me there. And because I was ruled by fear and I was worried about what people were going to say and I was worried about how God was going to provide, I chose safety rather than following after what God was really trying to lead me to do. Because, y'all, you have to know that God is a gentleman. He's not going to force us to do anything, but God will give us breadcrumbs. He will, he will give us signals. He will close doors so that he's like, I want to get you there. I can't do everything from you, but God tries to set the stage so that you make the right decision. And if we be honest, some of us, many of us, my, myself included, I miss moments. And so God is saying, I've given you the Holy Spirit to lead, teach, and guide you into all truth. But you got to trust my plan for your life. 
So we're going to talk about how to effectively manage moments. Because I believe that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. According to the power that works in us, right? Yeah, so, so that, that's our core scripture. That we believe that God can do, he desires to do, but it's according to the power that works within us. Meaning, our ability to manage these moments, these watershed moments that God brings to us, guess what? The devil wants us to be emotional. He wants us to be in fear. He wants us to be frustrated so that we miss our moments. Because the devil knows, hey, life, life is like a vapor. You're only going to have so many times at the plate before you miss your moments. And I don't want you to come to the end of your life's journey surrounded by your family, full of regret. Man, I wish I had gotten that. I wish I had did that. I wish I had finished school. I wish I had pursued that. I wish I took that job. I wish, I wish, I wish. No, 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 no. It's God's joy that we get everything. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, I come that you might have life. And life to the full, life more abundantly. The only way we're going to do that, guys, is if we take advantage of moments, okay? So let's, let's get into the word really quickly as it pertains to four examples of people that took advantage of moments. First of all, you can't take advantage of a moment if you don't recognize that you're in a moment. <laughs> Somebody say recognition. So that's the first thing. We're going to talk about recognizing our moments. One of the most glaring examples of somebody recognizing a moment is none other than David. David went down as a man after God's own heart, and I think it's because a lot of times David, was he full? Did he get in trouble a lot of times because he was a person that just did? They were a person of action? Yes. But sometimes you're going to miss the mark, but, but David was always looking for an advantageous spot for a moment. And the best example we can find is after he was anointed by Samuel. And he went back to the back of the mountain, mountain tending to, tending to his, his, his father's sheep. And his daddy sent him out to the front line because his brothers were out there uh, uh, fighting against Goliath. He said, he said uh, David, go out there, stop tending to the sheep for a little bit and go out here and take some bread and some meat. Uh, and some launchables <laughs> to your brother so, so, so that they can be strong to fight. And, and David's like, hey, what's going on, y'all? And they say, yeah, thanks, David. Hey, who is this dude out here cursing at y'all? And he said, yeah, it's Goliath, David. Go on back and tend the sheep, man. We got this, blah, blah, blah. He said, well, why are y'all letting him talk to y'all like that? Well, David, look, man, dude, please, just take your little self back to home with daddy and tend to those little sheep, pick, pick the fleas out of their out of their fur and all that stuff. Let's go on back. He said, no, y'all, this is not right. There was something that was awakened in David. It was a prepared man for a prepared moment. And David recognized the moment. He asked him, he said, look, what's going to happen to the guy who defeats this guy? Well, he's going to get the king's daughter, and he's going to be elevated in the kingdom. And all of a sudden, he said, boom, I like that. Let me talk to the king. And the king said, hey, hey, David, he said, what do you want to do? He said, hey, I'll fight this guy. If y'all scared, I'll fight him. He said, now, David, are you sure, man? You look, he said, look, let me tell you my resume, King Saul. I am a faithful tender to my father's sheep. And one time a bear came, 
follow me closely. Uh, one time, a bear came and tried to take one of my father's sheep. And you know what I did? I chased that bear down. I went from hand-to-hand combat with that joker, and I tore him in pieces because that I was faithful to my job. And then after that, then a lion came and did the same thing. And guess what, King Saul? I did the same thing. I went and I pursued after that lion. I, would, I didn't say, well, my daddy got scores and scores of sheep. No, that one sheep was precious to my father, and so I was faithful to what my father assigned to me. That's a clue, y'all. If you're faithful to what your father has assigned you to, you qualify for elevation. He said, look, here's my resume. I fought the lion. I tore him in pieces. I fought the bear. I tore him in pieces too. And if God, the same God that kept me and protected me from the lion and the same God that protected me from the bear because he saw my faithfulness to a job and to a a, a work of another man, he's going to protect me against this uncircumcised Philistine. He was prepared for his moment. And he recognized his moment. And so consequently, what ended up happening, y'all, y'all know the story. It's one of the most famous stories in the Bible, uh, that, that David went up against Goliath, and he hit him with a slingshot, and he fell to the ground, and he cut his head off, and all of a sudden, he got elevated. He got the king's daughter because he recognized that my skill set and what God has allowed me to accomplish and what God has taken me through matches this moment. And you may say, Pastor Tony, Yeah, that's all well and good, but we're talking about King David. Well, you may not have fought a lion. You may not have fought and killed a bear, but you have some scars, and you have built some metal, and you have a resume of something that you have conquered, something that you have fought over the years, and over the years, and you accomplished this, or you raised children by yourself, or you overcame sickness, and you started a business, and you lost a business, and you regained it back. I don't care what it is, but we all have a lion and a bear story. And those things didn't just happen just to be happening, y'all. They happened to prepare us to recognize our moment. Now, now, I, 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 I have to let you know that David had a little bit of cockiness in him. But fighting a lion and fighting a bear would do that to you. Now, you may not have fought a physical lion and a physical bear, but you've conquered something. That should give you confidence that when something matches the DNA of something you've seen before, you say, oh, I can handle that. I can handle that in the, in, in the marketplace. I can handle that on the job. I can handle that in ministry because I've done and I've handled things that are far worse than this. I can handle this sickness because I've handled that sickness. What am I saying? Give yourself some credit. Sometimes we're trying to be so humble. That we don't give God glory by telling testimony, by being confident in what God has done through us. Meaning if he did it through us before, he can do it through us again. And can I tell you something? Can I encourage you? Come look at me real closely. If God did it through you before, it is just an appetizer of what he wants to do through you in the future. Your greatest days are ahead of you, but you have to have confidence in yourself to recognize moments that have been designed for you to be the solution for. And I would submit to you that there are some custom-made situations that God sends by your path. But if you are, have your head so in the clouds or you're so busy handling things that you should not be handling, you will miss moments 
that you should easily recognize. That God said, I've created a specific dilemma to which you are the specific solution to the problem that I send your way. I want somebody to type when my moment comes. I believe that God is going to send some moments to you in the marketplace, in business, in your entrepreneurial quest that is going to be specifically tailored to the problem that only you can solve. And you've been asking God, God, uh, God, you can trust me with wealth. You can trust me with responsibility. But then God sends dilemmas our way. And our head is so in the clouds, we miss our moments. But no longer. Tell somebody in that chat, I'm going to be prepared when my moment comes. In 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, we find the prophet Elisha who encounters a widow woman. 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, the first verse through the seventh verse, it says, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditors have come to take my children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Yes, I remember your husband. He was very faithful. What can I do for you? Tell me what you have in your house. Oh, my God. I can't get caught up right there. But he said, tell me what you have in your house. And she said, your servant has nothing in my house except a jar of oil. And Elisha said, oh, yeah, we can deal with that. I remember when Elijah, my protege, he dealt with a woman that only had bread. Y'all remember I talked about that last week. She only had a little, a little cruise of oil and a little, a little, little uh, a container of flour. And he, and he he told me a story that he did miracles with that when she gave him what the, the little bit that she had in her house. And look at his instructions to her. He said, then he said, go outside and borrow vessels from your neighbors, empty vessels, em- empty vessels, and not too few. In other translations, he said, borrow not a few, borrow as many jars as you can. He said, then go in and shut the door behind yourself, you and your sons, and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. And five says, and then she went from him, and she shut the door behind herself and her sons, and she said, and as she poured, they brought vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, mother, there is not another. And then the oil stopped flowing. And she came and told the man of God, said, and the man of God said, go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons shall live in rest. This thing that we need to do is from an example in the scripture. We have to recognize our moment, and then we have to prepare for the moment. She came to the prophet and said, look. This guy was faithful to the church. I'm a widow. Y'all supposed to take care of widows and orphans. I'm just coming to you because I don't know what to do. And they're about to take my sons as slaves. He said, what is it that you have in your house? What is it that you have in your house? She said, look, all I got is a little bit of oil. Like, like we're all out. He said, great. What I want you to do, sister, I want you to go and create additional capacity. I want somebody to type in that chat, capacity. What he said, I want you to prepare because oil is about to flow. Oh, God, 
God, thank you. All is about to flow, but I need you to create, to, to, I need you, all is about to flow, but I need you to create additional capacity to receive the oil that's about to flow. And that is a word for somebody. There was a word over your life. God has a promise over your life. God said there is all that is about to flow out of your life and the things that you touch and the things that you say. You're about to be in front of important people. But I need you, my child, son, and my daughter, I need you to create additional capacity. Because when the oil starts flowing... There, there, there's going to be so much oil that is going to be supernaturally flowing, you won't have time to get additional vessels. And so what he told the widow is, I need you to go to all of your neighbors. I need you to get as many pots as you can. Because when the oil starts flowing, you won't have time to get additional vessels. And so what God is telling us through this scripture, man and woman of God, is you have to prepare for what's coming. <laughs> You have to create as much capacity as you can when the oil starts to flow. What does that look like, Pastor Tony? I don't know. For you, it may mean that you may need to go to uh, go, uh, um, sign up for school to create additional capacity. You may, you may need to go get a mentor to increase your capacity. You may need to take on extra jobs and volunteer and serve somebody who has a greater mission where you desire to be. But whatever it requires, what God is saying for where I'm taking you, your capacity is too small. And so what I need you to do is to prepare for the oil to flow. So many people get caught up in, oh, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the oil flowing. And all that's well and good. God said, look, I'm the master of the oil. I can create as much oil that is necessary. But uh, unless you still have the demand of additional vessels, it's going to cut off the flow of the oil. Because look at what the word of God says. He, the, the mama said, son, get me another vessel. He said, mama, we don't have any more vessels. And when they ran out of pots... The word of God says right here, and then uh, he said, when it ran out of pots in, in six, it said, then the oil stopped flowing, meaning that if they kept having pots, the oil would have continued to flow. Could it be possible that we stopped seeing the hand of God move because we ran out of capacity? Oh, my God. Could we be grieving God himself because there is more I want to get to you? But you didn't prepare by having enough capacity to hold what I wanted to get to you. Oh, what a travesty it would be that God wanted to blow your mind to exponential levels. But the capacity of your faith was to only get a few jars. Well, God is saying, I need you to prepare. God has given you great vision. God has given you a great mantle on what to do in your life. I don't care if it's starting a foundation or, or starting your own business or, or whatever God has called you to do. Ask yourself, do I have enough pots? Do I have enough pots? Have I created enough capacity? See, those pots re represented faith. And as soon as they ran out of faith for pots, the oil stopped flowing. I want to challenge you today to get as many pots as you can.
Get as prepared as you can. Because your level of preparation is basically and is essentially letting God know, I, I believe you to this level. And guess what? According to Ephesians 3 and 20, he will do it seemingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think or even prepare for. So ask yourself, do I have enough pots? Do I have the right people around me to... to, to stretch my capacity. And I think when we do it, y'all, we are letting God know. I believe you're going to keep flowing. Because if I keep having pots, you're going to keep flowing. I want somebody to type when my moment comes. When my moment comes, we got to have capacity for our moments. I believe that you don't believe in what you don't prepare for. I think we're hoping. Hope is not a strategy. You believe in what you prepare for. Let's prepare for God's best for our lives. The next thing is, it's taken out of Mark, the fifth chapter. There was a woman with an issue of blood. You know the story. It says she went to all these doctors and nobody could help her. She ran out of money. What did God say? That she only grew sicker. She only grew more feeble. The more that she went to heaven, and she had got to the point where she tried to, in, in this world system, she went to every doctor she could. She kept getting more and more sick. But she heard that Jesus was passing by. She heard that Jesus was passing by. And with this issue of blood, she wasn't supposed to be out in the public square. She could have gotten stoned. She could, all these things could have happened to her. But the word of God says that when she heard Jesus was passing by, she said within herself, she got on the ground and she groveled and she reached. She said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I don't need to stop him. I don't need to tell, hey, my name is Sally and this is my story and this is my testimony. And if you would, please, Jesus, if you would, just have mercy on me. He, she, she, look, all these people are calling his name. I just want to touch the hem. If I can capture him passing by, he's already in my vicinity. And that's a miracle in itself that Jesus miraculously came to a town when I was just about to give up and die. And so if I, I know I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to go out in this throng of people and I may get stoned, but if I stay in this condition, I'm about to die anyway. So I might as well take a chance. And she said within herself, the word of God said that she said within herself, within herself, building her own faith up, say, come on, girl, you can do it. You can do it. All you need to do is touch his hand. You don't need to touch his hand. You don't need to look him in the eye. All you need to do is she said within herself, encourage herself in the Lord that all I need to do is touch his hand. You know what she did? She seized her moment. Jesus was on his way to somebody else's house, uh, 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 the centurion's house, to heal his, his servant. He was on his way to doing miracles for somebody else. But she said, while you're on your way, I'm going to seize the moment because I may not have this moment again. This is having a spirit of urgency that there is no time like the present. You are, uh, you are primed and you are ready in your faith, and I cannot let this window pass. And so I bind up the spirit of passivity that is, gonna, that is waiting around for God to deliver his miracle to you like a, like, like a UPS driver or like somebody that works for Amazon. No, you have to seize your moment. Every moment that God has for you will not be wrapped in a bow and delivered 
to you, you have to have the wherewithal. You have to have the unmitigated gall that I don't care who I disturb. I don't care who I upset. I don't care what rule I break. I cannot let this moment pass me by. She seized her moment. And consequently, when she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus stopped. He said, wait a minute. Who touched me? I said, Jesus, what are you talking about, man? All these people around you, everybody's touching. You know, this touch was different because this touch drew virtue out of me. And she stood up and she was trembling. He said, daughter, I didn't heal you. Your faith made you whole. Your willingness to seize this moment activated the healing power out of me, and you were healed. Are you willing to seize the moment? When your moment comes, it may come to you or it may come by you, and you have to make your moment. That may mean that you may see somebody who you know is your next level. God has told you, hey, this is the person your next level, and you may have to take a risk. You may have to take a risk, and I'm saying, no, you're weird, get away from me. But are you willing to seize your moment? Some moments are given. Some moments are taken. And there is somebody listening to me today that you need to take your moment. You know what you need to do? I know it. you may be shaking. You may be breaking some rules. I ain't saying, Pastor Tony ain't saying breaking law. But you may be breaking some rules of what people expect you to do. But are you willing to take your moment, to seize your moment when your moment comes? The last one, I appreciate y'all having so much patience. Hope you've been blessed tonight by this. But the last person we're going to talk about is in the book of Judges. It's Samson. We all know the, the story of, 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 of Samson. He was, he was of Nazarite birth, and he was a champion of Israel. I mean, he was killing people. He was, he was and, and, and they, they betray Samson as this guy that's got muscles on top of muscles. I don't think that's the case, or it wouldn't be in that miraculous. I think he was probably a little scrawny guy. Might, might be 120 pounds. You know, not a whole lot of muscles, maybe look like Steve Urkel or something like that, right? He, he, because it wouldn't have been a miracle. The miracle was this guy doesn't look like what he can produce. And he was anointed to fight. He was anointed to be a champion and to, and to defeat whole armies. There's a story that he took the jawbone of a donkey and slew a whole army. I mean, this guy was something. Okay? So... You all know he got, he got driven away by his appetite and his lust with Delilah, and she tricked him, and he told her what his secret was, and she cut his hair and cut his hair, and then when he woke up, he shook himself, and, 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 and all of a sudden, they, they, they took him prisoner, and they had him in chains, even though he still had some strength. They, 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 they uh, had a whole feast and a whole party. Regarding Samson, and they, they gouged his eyes out, and they had him grinding on the mill like an ox. Well, he still had some strength left, but he couldn't see. They were mocking him, and it seemed like he was defeated. It seemed like he was shameful. But I want you to look to see what happened. In Judges, the 16th chapter, I'm starting at the 28th verse. It says, Samson prayed to the Lord. He said, Sovereign Lord. Remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just one more time. And let me with this one blow have revenge on the Philistines with my two eyes. 29 says, and then Samson reached toward the two central pillars 
of the temple where these people were having this great feast and they were having entertainment at his expense. He braced himself against them with his right hand and one on his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and the people in it. And look at this, y'all. Thus he killed more when he died than when he lived. You would say, Pastor, that's a mighty sad ending. Yeah, you may look at it in that way. But Samson, he fulfilled his mission to defend God's people. And so the last thing that I want to share with you regarding moments is maybe you've missed moments. Maybe you felt you was too scared to seize a moment. Maybe you didn't recognize the moment. And perhaps you didn't have the capacity for the moment to continue on. The last thing I want to share with you, which we see as an example with Samson, is that God will allow you to recapture the moment. I want somebody to type recapture. That you may have missed moments. And you may be like me. You may be looking 20 years past like, man, I wish I had done that. And I missed a moment. God is such a God of grace. God is such a God of purpose. And a God who is so sovereign. He said, you know what? If you're going to advance my kingdom, I'll bring a revolution back around. I'll allow you another window. Oh, somebody listen to me very closely. You may have missed your moment. You may have had reduced capacity and the moment stopped. You may have been so busy and so burdened down or so depressed or oppressed that you did not recognize your moment. But God, who is full of grace, will bring the moment back around again. And I'm believing for you. There is somebody watching me today. That you're being, you've been hard on yourself because you recognize, man, I miss those moments. But God, who is full of grace, if you're still alive, it means that it's not too late. That God, who is full of grace, will bring back a revolution. What is a revolution? That means I'm turning it around again. So many times when, when, when the space shuttle and rockets are trying to enter into the Earth's atmosphere, they only have a specific window that they can come in at a certain angle or the vessel will burn up on entry upon in, in the atmosphere. But guess what? If they miss it, they know, they know that if they just stay in orbit, that the earth is going to rotate around and they're going to get their, their moment again. And I, let me prophesy to you right now. You may feel like you have missed your moment, but let me tell you by the mercy of God, let me prophesy to you that it is not too late. You can Capture your moment again. You can recapture it just like Samson. Sam, the word of God said that he killed more on that day in death than he ever did in his life because he yielded himself, said, God, just use me one more time. When my moment comes, when my moment comes, I'm going to recognize it. When my moment comes, I'm going to make sure I have enough capacity with preparation. When my moment comes, I'm, go I'm going to seize the moment. Even if it's all the way across the way, I'm going to go to where the moment is, and I'm going to seize it. And yes, when my moment comes, I'm going to recapture the moment. If I had it before and I let it slip, I'm going to recapture the moment. When my moment comes, can I speak to the manager? 
I've been speaking to you for the last five weeks on ways that we can manage times, seasons, moments, and situations. That we are not just leaves just blowing in the wind, but God has put in us all things that pertain to life and godliness that we can manage our moments, our seasons, our times, our resources, and even the call that he has on our lives. People of God, God wants to do the exceeding and abundant thing in your life. I believe that your worst days are behind you, and I believe your best days are simply right in front of you. But you have to manage not only the moments, the times, the seasons, the relationships, your mind, your speech. You're the manager. And God is saying with a large resounding voice, can I speak to the person who's in charge of it all? Can I speak to the person who is accountable for what they produce? Can I speak to the manager? You've got to manage your moments when it comes. Because it will come. It's not a question of if it will come. It's a matter of will the moment come. And I believe that your moment is coming initially or it's coming back around. But what we need to do by faith, we need to create as much capacity. And we'll know it in our knower of our spirit that we need to go and seize the moment. We're going to have boldness as a lion. We're going to have patience but we're going to pounce on our moment. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you for God's people that have stuck with me all these weeks, God. And we, oh Lord, I, I pray that the words that I have spoken and that I have tried to sow in the hearts and the minds of God's people, God, it is provoking them to be better managers. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for moments that you have given us, God. But, Lord, we thank you, and we are uh, cognizant of the fact that if we're still alive, we have opportunities for new moments to happen, God. Lord, would you open our eyes, Lord, so we recognize our moments? Would you give us a, an insatiable desire, Lord, to increase our capacity? So when the oil starts flowing, God, that we will not cut off the flow of your spirit because we ran out of faith and capacity. And God, would you allow us to seize moments when we recognize them, that we won't be ruled by fear. We won't think about what people will say and what rules we're breaking, God, because pleasing you is the paramount thing that we are after. And yes, Lord, for those who have missed moments, those who feel like it's over for them, Lord, would you bring a revolution around? Would you let un and allow us the grace to recapture the moment? God, we promise you, Lord, if you bring it back around, God, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna seize it. We're going to take advantage of the moments that you have given us. God, we love you. We bless you. And, Lord, we trust you what you're doing in the next phase of our lives. God, blow our minds and use us like you've never used us before. Lord, we commit ourselves to be good managers, not bad managers that stick our heads in the sand. But, Lord, we commit and recommit ourselves to being good stewards of what you've called us to do. God, we love you. God, we bless you, and we trust what you're doing in our lives, even if we don't know what's going to happen next. God, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
amen and amen. We pray that you've been blessed over the last couple of weeks. We pray that you are stirred in your spirit to be a better manager. And I want you to do something for me. I want you to sow into the good work of World Overcomers Christian Church with your best seed, with your best gift, and your best pledge to Victory Park. We are going somewhere, and we want you to join us on Sunday. We want you to join us uh, in, in every opportunity and, sh- and share with somebody the good work and the good word that is happening here at World Overcomers Church. God bless you. Until next time, we love you, and God bless you. Take care. Peace. Hopefully, you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.